Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. This is a podcast about tabletop games, board games, card games, the people playing these games, and the drinks we like to have. This is episode 18. I almost said 19. 18. I am your host, Delton, and with me today, as always, my wife, Haley. Hi there. Our podcast can vote. It's now 18. It can vote. It can buy cigarettes legally. Um, it can be tried as an adult. It can be tried as an adult. I don't know if it will ever do any of these things. If it believes in itself, it can. Wait, does that mean it can't drink legally? Because if so, we've been breaking a lot of laws. Or one law a lot of times. The law. The only law that really matters in Oklahoma. Not really, it's broken constantly. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. We're starting out right on the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today is a podcast like every other podcast we put out. We talk about games, we drink beer, we have fun. This is our life now. It's a pretty good life. <laughs> I mean, looking back about a year and a half ago when we were trucking along through college, I mean, we got it pretty good right now. We no longer work, go to internship, go to school, do homework, sleep, wake up, go to work, go to school, go to internship, do homework, go to sleep until we die. I mean, our life basically revolves around coming home, playing board games, drinking beer, yelling at each other about who's going to win or who really took their turn right or who is really the culprit in the mean game. The mean game? The mean game, Delton. What's the mean game? I don't know. Every single game that I win at, you say, that's a mean game. No, we've discussed this on the podcast. It's not every game you win at. It's only the games that you take mean actions against me to ruin my life. It's not the actions that I take against you. The actions I'm taking are to benefit me. I'm going to make a big balloon about you, Mr. Trump, baby. Ah, rude. I'm just going to leave the room now. No, you're not. Yes, I am. It's your podcast now. Woo! We're going to talk about dinosaurs. And how they had feathers? Yes. Dumb. Actually, I think they look more terrifying with feathers. It's like this giant chicken chasing you. I have already been de-pantsed by geese. I have already been de-pantsed and humiliated in front of my 7th grade Girl Scout troop by a feathered creature that is less than, what, two and a half feet tall? Uh, Probably two and a half feet, yeah. Can you think about the damage that would be done to my psyche if I were to come in contact with a giant feathered dinosaur? I'm already still carrying something with me, a depantsment that happened more than 13 years ago. Think about a T-Rex with feathers, what that would do. I don't think the feathers would change that at all. You would be terrified and dead, so it wouldn't matter <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm already scared of feathers. It'll just make it worse. Dumb. It's like the worst exposure therapy ever. Oh my god. So lately, we've just been living life, sadly hardly playing any games for a little while. Uh, Brian bought me Knoxford for my birthday. Really cool little card game from Quick Simple Fun. He read the rules, and we did the game slightly wrong a little bit, to which he blamed me, which was pretty funny, because he usually does. Very cool card game. Excited to play that again. We got to play our first play of Bitten, which we will talk about later on the podcast once we play it a little more. And then we played... Anything else new? Shipwrights of the North Sea. Played Azul again. I think that's, I mean, really, that's kind of it. I've been playing Ganz Schön Clever online, which is the new Roll and Write game that got 
the Spiel des Jahres recommendation or nomination, I guess. I've been playing that online through their website at work. My bosses don't listen to this. Thank goodness for that. But I play it at work because it's not blocked. And I, I mean, that's kind of it. I guess we did play Max vs. Minions with Brian. But that's been over the course of like two weeks, if not more. And it's just not been a lot of game playing. But we painted our kitchen cabinets, if that counts. And I made my presentation for Gen Con. She did. She made her presentation for Gen Con. It is ready to go and we are prepared. I have practiced it twice in my own little office, talking to myself, mumbling to the wall like I normally do. I did read you have to end five to ten minutes before the hour's up. I guess you get the same email. Yeah. So we'll have I've... to basically try to 45 minute it and then five minutes for questions and then out. That way the next people can come in. It's only about a 30 minute presentation. Oh, cool. So then we'll have time for questions and discussion. Yeah. I got this worked out. I'm a trainer in my day job, man. I, I got this. I forget that you had uh, the email as well. When I got it, I was like, I bet Haley got this too. And then you forwarded, forwarded it to me. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I got it again. And then on my other email. But we're ready for Gen Con. Sadly, we will not have shirts at Gen Con. It was just too high of a cost at the moment for us to just out of pocket to give away. Um, we did print us two a shirt just because, I mean, you know, we have to represent ourselves somehow with, along with our business cards. Shameless but, plugging in my presentation. Yes, exactly. Shameless plug for you and us and me. Yeah. But we'll have our shirts. Sadly, we won't have any shirts or anything to give out. I can give a business card, but at the moment we won't have anything, which it kind of sucks, but everything is expensive to print. No matter who I went to, printing a large quantity of shirts is just a little past the point we can spend at the moment since we're going to Gen Con as well as having a vacation before Gen Con. So, you know, we just kind of aren't in that place. However, we are hoping to have shirts next year at Gen Con. We'll see. We'll announce that, obviously, before then. Maybe I can figure something out on the Patreon where I can do, like, if you pledge a certain amount, I can have a shirt printed for you and something like that. I don't know. We'll see about all that because it is expensive, especially if you do low, like a low quantity of T-shirts. We'll hopefully do something later on. So in the meantime, come to Delton for your supply of business cards and direct eye contact. So yes, you will be able to find us. We are going to have, uh, they are baseball style tees. They're going to be a gray shirt with blue sleeves and then our orange logo on the front. These are for us. Yeah, these are just our shirts that we are wearing to help people find us, identify us, and also see who we represent. We earned those shirts. We really did putting out all this dang effort. Jeez. It's been a lot of work, this podcast. We really have the podcast, the few videos I've been able to put out. The thing is, and I don't think people realize this, videos take forever. Some of the videos I've done were close to six, seven hours just for like a five minute video. So I couldn't imagine the people that put in, you know, a 15 minute video end up doing 30 hours worth of work. I like my five minute reviews and my, you know, easy unboxings and stuff. But we've been doing that. Like I said, we painted our cabinets, which was a huge undertaking. Haley just decided on the 4th of July, hey, I'm going to start sanding on the cabinets so we can get them sanded down so we can paint them. Idle hands do the devil's work. And then I, of course, come in with the idea that if we're starting this now, we're finishing it as fast as possible. And tripling our budget. And tripling the budget. So by Sunday, that's part of the reason we can't do shirts. <laughs> by Sunday. So blame Delton, everybody. Right. We had put in about 36, 35, 36 hours. Sunday was my 16-hour day that I worked straight on them, but they're done. They look fantastic. I highly recommend Tricorn Black and Dovetail Gray from Sherwin-Williams. We just color matched. Made with real dovetails. I hope not. 
It's morbid. You and your fear of feathers, now they're all over our cabinets. Nobody can see the cross-eyed face that she just made in this sad contemplation moment. I need a referral for therapy. It probably wouldn't be a bad idea for either of us to do that. Hey, okay, so painting your cabinets or really doing any household project together is marriage therapy. I say if you can survive a car trip together that's more than 10 hours, your marriage is strong. The next step is to do a DIY project together. If you can survive that without getting a divorce, your marriage is strong. The third step is having a child. We're not having a child. I can tell you that. No, we're not going to have kids. We're going to stay at that level of DIY. DIY is as much as we can handle. (laughs) I think that's like the natural progression of things. That's how every couple should test their relationship. No, can I survive a 10-hour car trip? Just one-on-one. Yes. Can I survive doing a DIY project? Yes. Then maybe, just maybe, maybe, you're ready to procreate. I would say no, because if the road trip is testing your marriage and the DIY work is testing your marriage, you don't want to have a kid to test your marriage again. No, that's like the... That's you like want the to end be goal. in that. That's the end goal. Like if you, that should be like the oh, test. you test like it. Like the to, aptitude test. To get to the point of being able to have one. Yeah. Oh, it's I like took it as you have the kid and then that tests you to see if it's going to work out. And I was like, that's a horrible method no. to look at. Uh, I was really confused for a second. I, I think we're pretty good at just staying at the DIY part. We still probably have some work to do, literally. But I'm Tess. So yes, after all of that and testing our relationship more, we finished painting our cabinets. They're awesome. They're gorgeous. We love them. And thankfully, we don't have to do this again for like a while because we did seal them properly. Thank you, Allison. Everything that we had to do to make sure they were done correctly. They are gorgeous. So this first beer, Brian brought me back from Kansas. It's from Free State Beer Company, which Brian is a big fan of, and we like them. They've been really awesome, everything we've gotten from them. And this is the Storm Chaser IPA. They are from Lawrence, Kansas, Free State Brewing Co. Ahem. Lawrence. Yes, it is just like my father's name with a W. Lawrence. All right. I'm trying to find anything that says anything about alcohol. It says Free State Brewing Co. established in 1989. Great Plains region. Says alcohol. Yes. Yep. It has alcohol in it. Storm Chaser is bright, citrusy, and hoppy with a crisp, refreshing finish. If anybody doesn't live in the Midwest, Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas area, you likely have not experienced a tornado. So this beer is Storm Chaser because people are dumb and they chase storms. Now, the people on the news stations kind of have to to keep track of it. However, they're big enough, they could probably tell from a distance. Tornadoes are terrifying. Giant wind cyclones of death that we have dealt with in Oklahoma forever. And destruction. Death and destruction. Uh, Most people know about our May 3rd tornado in 97? 99. 99. You are not a true Oklahoman. I'm not. It destroyed like majority of Moore, I think. I'm talking wiped out city block after city block after city block. Storm Chaser. That's where this name is from. This is the area that this happens. All this tornado talk. Tornadoes in Oklahoma. Even though they're terrifying destruction machines, people are crazy about them. Which is kind of a perfect segue into the game today. Boo! Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's... it's a game. So today we are going to talk about time stories, but specifically the base version of time stories. 
Yes, we're going to talk about Time Stories. Time Stories is a, I guess you could call it campaign and legacy game. It is a story-driven game where you work over multiple gameplays to get from point A to point B at the end of the story, beginning to end. There are a lot of expansions to it that provide new stories to play. We're just going to be discussing the first one, and I'm going to try to keep this spoiler-free. That way, if you have not played it, which I'm hoping you haven't, or else talking about it wouldn't help you that much, but that way, if you haven't played it, you'll be even more intrigued. Delton is a man of mystery. Yes, I am. So, Time Stories is put out by Space Cowboys, the company. The designer, the main designer, is Manuel uh, Rosoy. Art and design is Benjamin Carre, David Lecosu, and Pascal Quido. Contribution to the creation of the Asylum scenario, which is the base scenario, is Peggy Chassanet. And then development is Sebastian Pauchon, is how I'm going to pronounce it. So in Time Stories, the base game and the expansions, you are a time agent. So what is happening is you are being put back in time somewhere, whether future or past. I think they mostly work in the past. And you are essentially placing your consciousness within somebody in that time. So you get a character, and these characters have different traits. Each one, this one being in an asylum, by that it means a mental asylum or a mental hospital. So you have a different person with a different ailment, someone that's in the hospital for whatever reason, and you are playing that character. And what happens is, is you're going room to room. You've heard some rumors, and it kind of has a little intro story where you've been debriefed. You're going room to room, meeting different people and talking to them. What's interesting about it is the art and the graphic design of this game is absolutely gorgeous. It's almost minimalist, but not. Like, it's not super complicated, it's not over the top, but it has still has things going on. I don't know, it's just gorgeous. Google images of this game, it's just absolutely gorgeous. There are some cards laid out for the room that you're in. There's four cards that make a little map on the board, and then there are cards that make the room. Now you see an image of everything in there. And you will move your pawn to one of the panes, one of the cards of that image, and you and you alone will flip it, read it, And then you can relay that information to everyone. They recommend not reading the card to them, not showing them because they didn't go to that part of the room. You are telling them the information as best you can remember it. You can write stuff down. Uh, We went without writing. I I guess we wrote a few things down later because we found it was difficult. But you relay it to your friends off of those uh, location cards. And you have different things you have to do. You might have to fight. You might have to talk your way out of something. You might have to pickpocket somebody. Things like that. There's a time track. Once the time runs out, your consciousness comes back to your body. And then the next game, you'll restart the scenario, but you'll have all the knowledge and potentially have discovered new map pieces, new places to go, or things you can skip. So it's a really, really cool game where you have this mystery happening. You're trying to solve it, telling a story. It's gorgeous to look at. You're working cooperatively together, and it's just fantastic to play. It is so super fun. We played the scenario. They say it takes up to seven times to play. And I don't know if that's just the average most people take. I think we did it in four or five. Because we're boss. Well, we found out we missed a card at one point. But once we figured that out, it made it much better. But the game's just really good. Is there anything I'm missing? Like, I don't want to give away things in the game. Everybody dies. I don't know if that's true or not. (laughs) (laughs) 
But like for a for we can do an like instance. A, we can do like two truths and a lie where I tell three things and two of them are true and one's a lie. No. <laughs> so something like in the very beginning, you start in the very first room and there's on the picture, there's like somebody on a couch, somebody paint, painting a picture. There's like some windows and there's like a dresser. And like if you pick the one that's a dresser, then potentially you'll walk over to the dresser. It'll tell you this and that. And it's like, all right, do this. You know, you open the dresser or you look at this photo and it has things like that. And sometimes it's like you look at this photo, you see some numbers on it and then you look closer and you can find them or something like that. And it has things like that that's helping you develop the story and solve the like puzzly crime mystery thing. And then sometimes you open up the drawer or go over and look at the picture. It's just like a bag of Skittles. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. You just go to do something and it's like, you looked out the window. It's a beautiful view. And you're like, I just wasted time to come here to do this. And I love it. It's such a cool idea. The puzzles are really good. They're very well thought out. They're not like puzzles in terms of an, uh, an escape game like Unlock or Exit or anything like that. But they are puzzles based on some of the objects you get and some of the clues that you find and everything. And every single expansion is a different time, is a different case. It's a completely different story. So like the Marcy case, I believe, takes place in the 1980s. Is that correct? I think that's right. We do own the Marcy case, still in plastic wrap. We have not unwrapped it yet. We'll likely get to it soon because I've been wanting to play through it. But that's the only thing about this game you have to realize is you buy the game, you play the story, and it's over. Unless you buy an expansion, you're not going to be able to play the game again. You could, but you would know everything. So it would not be fun. But you take things from your original game and bring it to the next one. So even the base Time Stories game, there are some things that we learn, some things we can take with us. Because whenever we finished up the game, it said, no, something, something, something. And we're like, oh, okay, we can take that along. Yeah, there's things that you can carry between them. And they kind of work in a sort of in a campaign style. We have different missions as a way to look at it. But either way, it's a very, very cool game. I really would love to go into more about how it all functions. I mean, there's dice rolling and stuff. but really. The essence of what makes this game amazing is the storytelling, the cooperative nature, and the way it functions, forcing you to have a time limit as well as just being an exploratory game with good art and just puzzle solving. Like all of that combined together turns into just a great story game that's just super fun. And why are we talking about this game today, Delton? Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. One of the reasons we wanted to talk about time stories today, there is a new Kickstarter from Cool Mini or Not called Cthulhu Death May Die. The biggest thing that people are having a problem with is the game's representation of mental illness in their characters. So most of you have played, or I'm gonna, I'm going to assume a lot of you have played a Cthulhu-themed game. We haven't shown Allison though. We haven't shown Allison Arkham Horror or Arkham Horror the Card Game, Elder Sign, any of that. We will, Allison, just so you can understand what Delton's about to say. We will. In all of those games, insanity is always something that is addressed. When you look at Cthulhu or one of the elder gods from the fourth dimension, ridiculous creatures, you go mad, you go crazy, you go insane. And it basically makes you into this, I don't know, you, you become a cult person. I guess that's kind of where it ends up in itself. But you go crazy, you go mad to the point to where you can't function in, in society. But it's always just you go insane. This that's is blanket term. Just a blanket term of insanity. And you that, join a cult and you wear a goat skull. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. 
that's usually how it's addressed. However, in this new Cool Mini or Not game, they are actually giving every player starts the game with some sort of... Some sort of trigger that would apparently lead to a mental illness of some sort. But it's not like it leads to insanity, though it is, quote-unquote, by the board game standards, insanity. But what they're doing is applying a true mental illness to each of these characters. So you could start the game out with OCD. You could start the game out with agoraphobia or a fear of crowds. You could start the game out with pyromania, which I don't know how... Is that one an actual, like, legit psychological thing, or is that more of a fantasized affliction? I'm not really sure if it's in the DSM by any means. I mean, when it comes to criminals, it is a typecast in law enforcement. It was whenever I I read a, a forensic psychology textbook a little while back, and it talks about different personality types that may make you more susceptible to being typecasted by police as someone who would be a pyromaniac. But as for an actual DSM diagnosis, I'm not familiar with one. Okay, so that one's a little more fantasized, potentially, then. Um, But they do have also, like, schizophrenia. And I understand that most people's idea of schizophrenia is, like, Charles Manson, babbling about saying crazy things, right? The problem is people are actually afflicted with these illnesses. These are real things that many people suffer from, take medication for, go to therapy for, and have trouble sometimes functioning in society. Sometimes they get past it more easily than others. But it's not something that can be handled so lightly. The thing is, a lot of people are upset because, especially something like OCD. OCD is what a lot of people claim they have when they want to be neat and clean. That is not the case majority of the time. Yes, as Haley would say, it can manifest itself in a necessity to clean and organize. Well, it can be like a personality disorder or it can yeah. be like an anxiety-based disorder. But that's another podcast. That is. OCD in the game is something that causes, you know, harm to your player. It causes something bad for your player to happen. And so it's almost like they're treating these as, I don't know, they're just, they're, it's not that they're treating them, I have a hard way of finding the words to say, they're treating them very lightly. They are yes. not, or they're not treating it lightly, I guess I should say. They're not handling the situation delicately. They've just kind of thrown them in as like, oh, this person's going to have OCD. It's going to mess with them and be triggered when the, you know, the triggering track or whatever it's called hits here. And I'm almost upset they use the term triggered because so many people now make jokes about the term triggered, wherein, as you've taught me, in therapy and in psychology, it's a legit term of triggering effects, especially focused around trauma. And so it's made me despise the term triggered in a weird way. Let me kind of elaborate what Delton's saying. Yes, please. The term trigger is kind of like Delton's saying, another blanket term. But for example, a veteran who's come back from serving in Afghanistan, if they have survived an IUD explosion and it happened to be a trash can they were driving by and exploded and they developed symptoms of PTSD stemming from experiencing that event. And they are driving around the cold, hard streets of Edmonton, and they see a trash can that looks just like the IUD. Then they might be triggered into having a flashback or even a panic episode. Now, this doesn't happen every single time, but that's what we mean by trigger a lot of times. Something that triggers symptoms. This is just going to be me correcting you in a horrible way. It's IED, not IUD. Inner uterine device. Yeah, it's (laughs) improvised explosive device. Sorry, that's just, I noticed that. It's just funny. My bad. (laughs) It's okay, but yeah, continue. 
But the okay. reason why I told Delton, so I told Delton I wanted to talk about this. He showed me this Kickstarter this week and showed me some of the negative comments. And, and I was like, I really agree with a lot of the things these people are saying. It does seem to take mental illness very lightly and kind of make it just this fun little, woo, make you crazy. You have a DSM diagnosable disorder. But I wanted to compare the way Cthulhu Death May Die represents mental illness in their game to the way Time Stories represents mental illness in their game. Time Stories is much, much better. There's one character who is a nymphomaniac. I also don't know how, if that's in the DSM. In the 1920s, it was considered a mental disorder in women. Okay, and so, and this is, this initial asylum case is based, I think, in the mid-20s somewhere. So that makes sense thematically, and uh, it is time appropriate. But it's basically just a lady. She's got a little bit more breast showing. It's nothing provocative, but she has nymphomania. But then that's it. There's nothing, I don't, think that has to happen with that that character. Here's the way that I see it. Time Stories takes a mental illness, applies it to a person. That person is a character in the game. The mental illness is only there as the reason why that person was referred to the asylum. So for example, there's a fellow who's addicted to cocaine. There is an old woman whose family just kind of left her there because you could kind of do that in the 1920s. I don't like this person in my family, kind of leave him there. There's, like you said, the nymphomania, which is very sexist. There is agoraphobia in there as well. But it's not that this person is acting out their symptoms as their character. Yeah, their symptoms may affect their character. For example, the guy who is addicted to cocaine has to take cocaine as almost like a nutrient every few turns or so. Yeah, it almost brings in the idea of addiction as something you have to deal with, which ties into him being submitted for cocaine. Committed. Committed. Submitted. Committed. That's right. Thank you. So it, yes, it represents mental illness, but it does in a way that makes it more real and I think respects it more than the Cthulhu game. The only other one that I would say pushes the boundary at all, if it does in Time Stories, is there's the guy that when it comes time to fight or whatever, it's like he moves slower because it's when he's scared, his legs don't work. It's the guy in the wheelchair. He has... It's like his legs do work, but he insists that they don't. And I can't remember what his illness is in the game. I can't remember But, but I don't know. That's probably the closest to... No, that's real. ...an odd handling of it in the game, I mean. Yeah. Um, because it's like, you can't. if you move with somebody, you move much faster. If you move without somebody, it's much slower and takes more time. And so it's some kind of a strange thing. But like Haley said, the characters, that's the character, and then they progress and you just go. It's just handled a little more delicately, a little more real than what the Cthulhu at Death May Die is doing. So like if you are playing those characters because you, you're each assigned a character and you embody those characters whenever your brain or your memories, whatever is implanted in them as you carry out your mission, those disorders, those difficulties affect the way you can move your character. And so like Delton says, it kind of gives you like, for example, with the addiction guy, the addiction kind of hinders you have to get your fix in order to be able to function. And so it provides a look into mental illness without making it a cartoon. Yes, without making it something that's just hindering you and can be, I don't know, the way they're doing they it. They still functioned with their mental illness. That makes sense. That makes sense. Rather than it be something that when it's triggered, it causes a negative effect. It's more like they're living with this affliction, I guess, depending with like nymphomania of the times. But anyway, yeah. It's kind of a hard thing. Of society. There you go. It's a hard thing to discuss because mental illness affects a ton of people. Not that it's a bad thing. It 
it's just like getting a, a backache or spraining an ankle. Like it's going to happen to somebody. You go to a doctor, you find help in whatever way you need or that benefits you the most, but it's something that happens. We need to normalize it a little bit. And a game like Cthulhu Death May Die is not doing well at that, at normalizing it and making it something that happens in society, happens to people, has happened throughout time. They're not doing it that way. They're making it a tag on. They are, they are taking this term, insanity, which has been used in the Cthulhu universe and many other games before, to mean just like, oh, you're out of the game. Like you saw Cthulhu, you've gone mad, you're out. And they're trying to make it more realistic, I can see. But by calling things like OCD or social phobia insanity, you're kind of applying a social stigma to it because it's not insanity. Howie Mandel has extreme OCD. Howard Stern has spoken openly about his own therapy experiences because he had severe OCD. Calling it insanity, calling these specific true diagnoses insanity, only stigmatizes them more, and they're already pretty damn stigmatized. That's very true. I, I've just seen people on Twitter, um, reputable people in the industry, designers, artists, content creators, speak out, whether as them themselves have one of these ailments that they're considering an insane, an insanity to be attached on, you know, as a problem for the character. Um, they've come out and said either I have it or they have family that has it or something. And so it's just seeing these people that are visibly upset about it, it's understandable. And I just feel like Time Stories approached it in a much better way with the base game with Asylum. I feel like it was done in a much better way. Ditto. This is a very hard topic to talk about because there is, as Haley said, it is stigmatized. But it is something we need to be able to discuss like this and we need to be cautious about and handle it lightly not just throw it in as an extra mechanic in a game, but actually take the care to make it real. Don't make it a mental illness flavor text. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. It's just, it's one of these things that's hard to discuss. It's like, I don't want to upset anybody that suffers from a mental illness, but it's something that even though I do not, and Haley does not, at least as far as we know, I have she anxiety. I guess oh you do my have God. anxiety. <laughs> You've been living with anxiety for the last 400 years, man. That's true, but. I guess in my brain, I'm so used to it because I'm, I'm around you constantly. You. I mean, and that's exactly what it needs to be. <laughs> There's the message, folks. It just <laughs> needs to be normal. So I have attended therapy. Woo! Woo! And now, join us for a Malt House Games podcast special bite size question. Before we do our question of the episode, we're going to open our next beer. I know it's been a while since we opened the first one. This is condensating like crazy, as well as I am. Delton is sweaty. I am. It is Oscar Blues Brewery, which is out of Colorado. It's their beer, Priscilla, a white wit wheat, which basically is just a very redundant way of saying it's a white wheat. Um, I'm trying to find anything about it. Do 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 do. Please recycle. Yes, I will. Do 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 do. I don't even know. We're just gonna drink the thing. It was in the you know like build a six pack area. And it's hot in here, and that's a cold beer. It is very hot in here. Every time we record. I turn the fan off. I turn the central up to where it does not kick on to cool. But thankfully, Delton put tinfoil on our window, so it'll stay cool and look like a meth house. So on the back of the house where nobody but us can see it, on our back bedroom here, which is the computer room I and board game room. I can see it. 
I can see it clearly. I have done what we did back home, even though we did not have a meth house. The meth is a huge problem in Oklahoma. Please don't do meth. We have put tinfoil in the windows. It helps keep the sun out, which helps reduces the heat. This back bedroom does not cool as well as the rest of the house, and I have all my board games in here, my computer, my drum set is back here in the closet. So in order to help keep this room a little better regulated, I have put tinfoil all up and down the window on the inside. That way, as the sun shines, it reflects off the tinfoil back out, and it helps keep the room a little bit cooler. We may have been able to survive a remodel of our home together, but I don't know if we're going to survive this whole tinfoil on the windows thing, man. So this beer, nice and light, definitely a wheat, got a little bit of the sour of a wheat, definitely a white, a white wheat, wheat, white wheat. White wheat, wheat, white 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 it's actually not bad. I like that IPA a lot, though. So thank you again, Brian, for the Storm Chaser IPA. The question for today is, since mental illness is a very sensitive topic, however, it's also something that many people are living with. Is it something that should even be considered and represented in board games? Haley, take off. I would say take off. Is it the right term? Yeah. Like it takes off? It is now. Haley, go for it. There we go. All right. So, I don't necessarily see a problem with it being in board games. I mean, we want to normalize it more. I mean, I think the more that we normalize mental illness, the more people will realize that, you know, it's okay to have it, and thus it's okay to seek help. Now, making it a cartoon or making it a flavor text, that's one thing. So, if you're going to portray mental illness in your board game, whether that is schizophrenia or even anxiety or depression, no. To developers out there, I would say consult with the therapist, consult with the psychologist, consult with an expert in it to make sure that you are being ethical in your representation. Yeah, make sure that you're approaching it cautiously and with an air of appreciation and understanding about it, that you have to appreciate people that live with these ailments and you have to respect that this is the thing that human society has always dealt with. And you have to, you know, you have to get in the mindset of this is a real thing. This is not something to honestly make fun of. And it's not something that you can't handle delicately. There are sources out there to do. And it's the same with anything for board games. I feel like the industry misses this a lot. If you're doing something, hire someone who knows about it. If you're making a game that's focused around like, shoot, I don't know, 11th century BCE Egypt. Find someone who knows what the hell was going on at the time. Don't just assume because it makes it easier. And given, yes, if you made a game about Egypt like that, it's not that big of a deal. But when you get into a sensitive topic like mental illness, it's better to be safe. I mean, yeah, Egypt Egypt has a whitewashed complex history as well. That's true. It really does. Um, It's just be cautious about these things and know that if you want to make it accurate, You need to take the time and and invest the money, potentially, into making sure it's accurate. Making sure it doesn't end up like the god in Rising Sun that's not actually a Japanese god. You know, make sure these things make sense. Don't be like the movie 300 and have all the armor inaccurate. Which, given that's based off a comic book, but whatever. Or Troy, where you have incorrect armor. Be cautious. Mental health should still be shown in games, just handled lightly, delicately, made as part of human society as it has always been, 
and I think it'll come out better. Which is why you should come to my presentation at Gen Con. You are such a shill. Such a shill. Haley has a presentation at Gen Con, Saturday, 9 a.m. in the Lucas Oil Stadium, meeting room number nine, I believe. Psychology and board games. Why do we board game? Why do we rage quit? How can we stop it? It's about rage quitting, getting angry, and how to not do that or all that kind of fancy stuff. We will be filming it and recording it. I will put up a video on YouTube of Haley presenting with the audio um, touched up as best as I can. Now they actually get to see how much I talk with my hands, not just infer it from the sound of my voice on the podcast. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then they won't see me because I'll be off camera. Yay. Anyway, it'll be good. Come see us at Gen Con. It's coming up quickly. We'll announce this all again next episode because it's that last episode before Gen Con happens. But I wanted to make sure to get it out now. I guess that really ends our episode. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you want to listen to us or look for us and what we do and post and everything at Malthouse Games. If you want to send us an email, contact at malthousegames.com. I am at Delton Brack on Twitter. My name is Delton Brack. Haley Twyman Brack is at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-E-K. Make sure to go to YouTube, find our videos, and like, share, and subscribe to those, our channel. We don't have a ton of stuff out, but we put stuff out as best we can. We just want to see some shares. Yeah, because we like this. This is fun. And we hope you like it, too. We hope you like it, too. We'll be back in two more weeks with another episode right before Gen Con. Pre-Gen Con! The episode after that is going to be all about Gen Con. It will likely be an extended episode. I'm going to say likely, because it could not be. Likely an extended episode all about Gen Con and all its grandeur, grandeur, grand, grandeur, in all its grand awesomeness. In our 20-hour car ride trip, you get to see if our marriage is tested again. Woo! We're going to come back divorced. Uh, I hope not. Love you. Oh, my God. Until next time, folks, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.